We'll do it live. As business owners, entrepreneurs, family men, it's difficult for us to find the time the to put together projects like these. Even though it's something we really want to do, unfortunately, taking care of the things we have to take care of comes first. However, because of viewer support for people like you, we're able to continue doing this. Please consider joining our Patreon and supporting the Burn and Return podcast. covering news from the agricultural and turf grass industries. With the record scratch, that means we are live. Welcome to another episode of Burn and Return. Uh, we are coming with fire today. Um, I don't know why, but I'm wearing a... a a backpack full of propellant and gelatinous gasoline and uh and you know what i'm i'm not gonna log off this thing until all the napalm is applied and uh and so so there we are what did what did, uh, I, what did george carlin say when they uh when they invented the flamethrower that the uh the army came to the guy and said hey uh, we'd like to buy about five hundred thousand of these we've got some people we'd like to throw flame on uh sign me up First and foremost, and uh, and then in, and then in the meantime, you know, we'll um, we'll see we'll see what's left in the aftermath. Uh, and this this is a word of warning uh, for for those playing along at home. Uh, I I will be the pessimist of the uh, of the show today. So that's just how this is going to go. Ryan and I are here. Ray is on a phone call. Uh, I may have to dip in and out. Uh, we've got we've got some issues going on at my house. My my mother in law is in in cancer surgery right now, like literally right now, and so. It's a it's a dynamic situation in my house. We'll just Ooh. leave it at that. Mm. UBU. Uh, All right. Hey, Ryan. Go ahead. What's up? I don't know. I'm just saying. Hey, how are you? How was your week? Oh, hey. Oh, hi. Oh, I, oh, uh, good. Busy, busy, but uh, you know, it's uh, it's March. People are freaking out. And uh, has spring yeah, sprung and... in Ohio? Or like when you're when you're driving around, are you seeing uh, are you seeing the Bradford pears in bloom and the forsythias all? Uh, forsythia, lit up? yeah. There's some forth, there's some forsythias out there that are getting going here. It is uh, been a warmer than normal February. Uh, sure, fairly dry February. Uh, no snow Ooh. here. No snow Ooh. at all. Actually, to write home about in Ooh. Columbus and. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to get cold the next couple of weeks here towards uh, like the middle of the month or whatever, but it is what it is. March, I'll just go on record as saying March is my least favorite month of the year. Hands down, by far, no question about it. It's got weather that's all over the place. It's schizophrenic. Yes. I don't like that. I don't yes. like that everybody loses their fucking mind. Oops, yes. Sorry for being vulgar. Um, Oops. Loses their mind every day that it gets to seventy. Their degrees, fucking mind. And just I think is can't. where. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. okay. So there's that part, and then uh, you know the part where it's like you know 38 degrees and you know, crappy out for four or five days after that 70 degree day. It's just it's not fun. So I try not to get my hopes up this time of year. Everybody's all like antsy and they're pantsy to get back out there. And you know what, boys and girls, we've started maintaining lawns every spring for the last. I don't know, Matt, a couple thousand years. 
And you know what? Mm. We'll get to it when we get to it. Calm your tits. Yeah, and everything will be okay. Um, but I'll tell you right now, uh, taking a look at the headlines, everything will not be okay. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into this. Wait, aren't we going to do mailbag at the top? Oh, I had oh. no idea. We're oh, doing we, mailbag. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, listen, is it in here? All right, listen, oh, okay. listen, listen, listen. We have, we have. Uh, there's a gentleman out there. I, I believe. Uh, I don't want to say his name on the air. I, I don't want to call him out. There's a gentleman. Oh, He's on our okay. Discord. Um, we have uh, blue balled him now two weeks in a row. So this is a really long edge shesh for uh, any long question to be answered. And he has a very good one. So let's dive into it at the top. We're going to do You've got dessert mail. first. Mm. Yeah, we'll jump into this. All right. Uh, uh, so it, I gotta f- it reads here. Okay, it read. just, real quick, there's a primer. Uh, hello, any suggestions on seed priming cool season seeds? Uh, I found some articles. Uh, using uh, potassium phosphate for best results with uh, turf type telfescue and Kentucky, Kentucky bluegrass, but that chemical is hard to find. Any other tested uh, priming agents uh, will be appreciated. Uh, I want to help my local low-budget soccer club to repair quickly enough goal mounts in cooler weather conditions. The field is on na- na- native soil, lots of compaction, bad infiltration, maybe due to layering in the profile. Uh, any suggestions, Ryan, how to approach BMPs for fixing, please? I think I can get you a picture of soil profile for beginning if you think that's the first thing I can do uh, for making some plan, fixing something in the spring time frame. Wow. All right. So I'll let Matt speak on the potassium phosphate. Uh, I, I don't know at all about uh, anything like that for sure. Uh, what I'll say is that uh, if you do have um, goal mass that need to get fixed, obviously, you know, try not to use those areas if at all possible. Uh, I'd highly encourage you, uh, very low cost. I know that, uh, oh, one of our guys out in Nebraska, one of our, uh, patrons, uh, just actually got a growth blanket that he had, uh, made for like 40, 50 bucks shipped to him. Very small one, like 10 by 10. And if that's all the area that you need to cover, I mean, something like that is going to give you, uh, a head start here, especially if it's going to be a colder spring, like they're talking about, you know, at least for these first three, four weeks of meteorological spring. So I'd highly encourage you to check out one of those. Uh, check out ones from like Cover Sports. Be a good one to look at. Beacon Athletics has a few as well. We don't get any uh, affiliate money or anything like that. Just telling you easy places to find those. But I think the other thing too, on native soil, uh, those areas do get beat up a lot. Uh, high intensity foot traffic, high traffic areas. And the things that I would tell you to do is if at all possible, uh, one of the things that compaction comes from, we know, or it doesn't come from, but we know that it stems from when we have high uh, bulk density of soil. So anything we can do to lower the bulk density, which is a measure of the weight of a given volume of soil. And if we can lower that, we can effectively create more pore space, better water infiltration, better water percolation, and more room for roots. So uh, one thing you can do in there, sand works okay, that's fine. Uh, one thing I'd tell you to try is if you can get a tiller, Get you uh, a tiller and get yourself a 50-pound uh, bag of some Turfus MVP. Till that into your uh, area right there, and that's going to be a nice little uh, way to lower that bulk density really, really quick. Matt, talk to me about the potassium phosphate. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, Brian is being summoned there. Uh, I uh, with with potassium K3PO4 is is and that is specifically what he cited here as uncovering articles. K3PO4 is tripotassium phosphate. Uh, and as far as being able to find that, you're, you're right. I have no idea where to find that. I don't even know how to react. Uh, K3PO4, K2PO4 is much more simple. 
uh, a little bit of temperature manipulation and uh, uh, phosphoric acid and potassium hydroxide, and you're, you're good to go. Uh, but K3PO4 isolated, I, I honestly have no idea. Um, then basically what I'm looking at too, and, and at least from what I, I don't know shit about seed priming. Let me tell you that right now. I want to get that out of the way. Seed priming is, is just nowhere in my wheelhouse ever. Have I ever looked at doing it? Do I understand really what you're doing there? But I can say that from my work with, uh, 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 non turf grass plants, uh, seed establishment kind of stuff. This is more of like some weird, bizarre, uh, uh, really, really small scale research stuff we've done for uh, customers. It was, it, and it was not even really related to fertilizer. It was more along the lines of looking at viral, latent viroids and mosaic viruses and all, all that different stuff. Anyway, um, what, what, one of the things I, I do know uh, in, in that vein is, uh, is, is, you know, potassium phosphate is relatively low salt index. Uh, Monopotassium phosphate, diapotassium phosphate um, are, are both going to be in that, in that same vein, right? Uh, and, but the, the, the big thing is, are you going to see a tremendous difference between the three of those? No, probably not. Um, it, it, really the only thing you're influencing there is really going to be like the solubility. Um, but what's most important is that you're choosing a P, uh, a, a P source that is low salt index. And, and those are going to be your lowest salt index P sources. Now, uh, the, the other piece of that too, is that typically when you're, when you're doing this, whether you're using uh, you know, like a uh, Hoagland solution or something of the sort is uh, understanding molarity, right? And that's, that's going to be a, a, a concentration over, over a given volume is, you know, there's lots of ways to, to, to calculate molarity, right? And, you know, I just recommend you looking it up. Uh, and then what you'll see in the research is that they're going to specify what molarity is required in order to hit those rates. And I think what you'll be shocked by uh, is uh, how low rate this is, right? So uh, we're talking about 100 micromolar or 50 micromolar or 300 micromolar as what is producing uh, your greatest or fastest germination rates. And that is a incredibly and incredibly low rate where I'm talking about you know, milliliters per gallons types, a type of, uh, of percent use dilution right here. Okay. So, um, I would just substitute whatever research you did find for turf type, telfescue, Kentucky bluegrass substitute K3PO4 for K2PO4 or KHPO4, that being uh, monopotassium phosphate or dipotassium phosphate. Um, there's also going to be some research in the salicylic acid space, um, in this vein, uh, which is one of the things that we were actually trying to isolate for uh, with the with with the viroids, but I, I do know that there's some positive interaction with uh, germination rates and uh, uh, time to establishment, uh, seedling emergence, uh, seedling vigor uh, with salicylic acid as well too. Um, but again, we're going to be dealing in the micromolar rates of application here, right? So this is not going to be like going and getting a bag of triple tin and applying it at three pounds per thousand for a third of a pound of N kind of thing, right? Like this would be like going and getting a zero twenty twenty, uh, uh, you know, diluted dipotassium phosphate and applying it at one milliliter per four gallons as a percent use dilution and, and applying that over a thousand square feet kind of sort of deal. Okay. So 
wildly different than what we're accustomed to in turf grass. Um, now, it, it, as far as like steps, how to do it, should you uh, uh, pre-treat it, pre-soak it, whatever the case may be, I have no fucking clue whatsoever. Uh, but I just want to highlight that rate specificity to you because as you start to go above and below that, that's where you begin to have uh, negative consequences from it. And, uh, and so anyway, just wanted to make that complete and totally clear to you. Does that make sense? You're on, you're on, you're on mute, Brian. You, you gotta, you gotta unmute yourself. Sorry. Sorry. I was going to say that is really low rates. That's, uh, you know, when you're dealing Probably with micromolarity, I mean, your, your micromolar is pretty, pretty, pretty low. You're basically nothing there. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're going to need more spermicide to kill some, something in a reservoir tip than, you know, potassium phosphate yes. or something. So anyways, yes. I don't know. Uh, so the, the, the thing is this, Randy, is that they're always going to get beat up. I think the most important thing to do right now is one, get some seed in the ground, make sure that you uh, also have that area graded up so that it's going to shed water. You don't want to turn those things or leave them as bird baths. So don't forget that piece. Uh, rough them up a little bit before you seed. A garden weasel or something like that is a good tool to have and keep running. And then constantly, once you get those things seeded and returned back to uh, good cover, is seed, seed, seed. Always just throw down a handful, let the goalie uh, cleat those in, and keep it moving forward, man. That's all you can do. You got to grow it faster than they can destroy it. It's the name of the game. There we go. Uh, I think, I think that's a fair enough answer. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think, Jay? Think. I will take that. Now I get to be pessimistic. Nothing to fear here. This is just the this is just the news and guess what if you're in pennsylvania you are going to fucking jail according to this headline uh that's a joke um it reads be careful with lawn fertilizer it's the law uh if you're shopping for lawn fertilizer this spring you may notice some differences in what's available you also need to know about the changes in how much where and when you can apply uh typically this is a a, a bipartisan bipartisan uh, 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 signed into law turf grass fertilizer bill. Uh, it's, it, for in, in, but really just phosphorus, right? New law prohibits phosphorus and turf fertilizers, Ooh. except for organic fertilizers or those labeled as starter fertilizer or for repairing a turf area. It restricts nitrogen to specific amounts based on the rate of application and requires that any slow release nitrogen contain at least 20% enhanced efficiency nitrogen. Uh, fertilizers for commercial application must be applied using appropriate equipment that is tested and correctly calibrated. Nitrogen and phosphorus fertilizers cannot be applied before March 1st or after December 15th or at any time the ground is snow-covered or frozen to a depth of two inches. They are prohibited within 15 feet of the top of a bank of a lake or pond, wetland, or flowing body of water. No person may apply turf fertilizer to impervious surfaces, and any advertent, uh, inadvertent <laughs> spills on these surfaces must be removed immediately. Uh, the reason for the new regulations, it is estimated that fertilizers account for more than 15% of the total nutrient pollution occurring when nitrogen and phosphorus leach are washed by rain into our waterways. This runoff leads to excess algae blooms and produces toxins harmful to both humans and animals. Blah, 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 blah. So anyway, there it is. It's signed into law. You're all going to jail. You're fucked. And, uh, and, and good, luck. good luck to all of you. You can headline it again, but it's not going to change it. You're, you're, you're all going to jail. You're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, uh, 
the the Pennsylvania fertilizer law is an interesting one, uh, mainly because they included the nitrogen component about what uh, you know what you can do and everything like that. My favorite though is that you know, and I'm pretty sure it had to be spelled out somewhere in the state regulations, although I can't say for certain that uh, the impervious surfaces right were were excluded right. So uh, in case anybody was getting the idea, you know, whether it be a large commodity lawn care or something that you know, hey. We're going to do the asphalt program. We're going to grow your driveway better than anybody else's driveway this year by putting a little bit of fertilizer <laughs> on it, Matt. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm not quite sure. So what is it here? So, yeah, the the nitrogen thing, Matt. So applicators uh, of fertilizer may not apply more than 0.7 pounds of nitrogen or uh, 0.9 pounds of total nitrogen per thousand square feet. So sure what that means of nitrogen and total nitrogen there what they're trying to say if that's slow release or what but it could be slow release or from what they call water insoluble sources so that would also include uh your biosolid type materials and i hope it does include that because you know biosolids are not exactly innocent in this whole oh oh no yes they are yes they are because <laughs> the one thing that's excluded for christ's sake is the is the phosphorus that comes from organic fertilizers because we all know organically derived phosphorus doesn't fucking count in the grand scheme of things and that's what's infuriating about this whole thing is multiple steps this there's multiple steps this first and foremost the reason that this has to be enacted in law to begin with is infuriating in and of itself, and we have no one to blame but ourselves. Uh, and mm-hmm. then the second piece of this is that for, this is going to make a shit ton of people feel really good, but is it really going to achieve what it's sought out to achieve? Probably not. I would say the people <laughs> that are not abiding by this already probably need to go ahead and get the fuck out to begin with. Uh, and then the third thing is, is that the Almighty organic fertilizer again gets another green uh, uh, green card pass for uh, for complete and total fuckery, and it's mind numbing and highly insulting that it continues to get passed like that. Again, we watched a guy apply fucking chicken manure against a lake into a lake into one of the Great Lakes, if I recall correctly. Oh my just gosh! Nilly willy having at it the time of his life, and you know why it just did not even register in his brain? It's because it's fucking organic. I want someone, someone here, go harvest a some cricket shit, some rabbit shit, whatever you got in your yard. I don't care if it comes from your dog, and I want you to take one milligram of it and take a jar of water and and some sort of sponge, okay? Put that one milligram in in some water that's soaking in that sponge and see how long it takes that sponge to be covered in algae in atmospheric conditions just sitting in your house on a countertop. Because in the presence of light and just a little bit of phosphorus, and it does does not take much, literally a milligram from the shit laying laying around in your yard. In fact, chances are you could probably take a leaf for Christ's sake. And just grind it up and put it in there, and you'll see the same thing. It'll cover whatever sponge. Take a piece of rock wool and set it in there and watch the whole thing turn fucking green in no time. But you yeah, know what? Be, it's be... organic, so it doesn't matter. Yes, it <sighs> does fucking matter, and it's insulting to pretend like it doesn't. Yeah, organic gets the the pass. I mean, that's that's to me is a serious uh, issue because to me, I've always known that manures and composts and leaf litter guys 
that is a source of nitrate and phosphate for our waterways. Yeah, that's that's a source. So how can you how can you exclude that, but then go hard on restricting any kind of conventional granular fertilizer or whatever? How can you do that? Because you're only taking care of or addressing a fraction of the problem. <laughs> you you want to know how I know that the people who wrote this bill have no idea what the fuck they're talking about is the second piece of this is they cite a 20% enhanced efficiency nitrogen, right? Is, is, uh, uh, that, that's, that's a requirement, a 20% enhanced efficiency nitrogen. And let me tell you what they're going to do uh, to scapegoat this, right? They are going to take uh, uh, 20% of their in-source and add uh, a, a U-flex type of product to it that contains a nitrification inhibitor or denitrification inhibitor or urease inhibitor. And, in, and that will be according to the law uh, as, as it is defined in AFCO, a 20% enhanced efficiency fertilizer, right? The problem is, and this is what, what is just so, again, fucking infuriating and insulting about this whole thing is that is that 20% coding on the on the on the 20% of those of those granules that 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 make up you know 20% of that total nitrogen right so we'll say it's a 2000 if however many granules in the bag it's it's a 2000 uh uh 5% of it or 4% of of that of that uh 20% total has to be derived from uflex right so uh we'll call that roughly 10% of the bag is uflex is that 10% coating uh, that exists in that bag going to deliver enough active ingredient to have enough urease in inhibitory effect to constitute as a 20% enhanced efficiency uh, nitrogen source? No, it's no. not. Because at that <laughs> point, your rate is so fucking low that it's not really doing anything for you at all. It's but you've scapegoated the law, and because it was written so fucking poorly, that that's just going to be become the name of the game. And, and, and I can hear every goddamn blender right now barking at each other up and down and left and right that, oh, I've got 20% of this nitrogen inhibitor. The Whoa, I've got this one here, and it's even better. It's, well, mine penetrates all the way through the pill. Well, mine's using a special polymer to exist on the outside of it. It does a real good job, too. And it's just going to be a nickel and a dime game and not achieve anything that was sought out to achieve because, again, it, 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 this is is they they came they come up with this arbitrary number. What did they say? Fifteen percent of it? it was was that the number that, if I recall correctly, fifteen percent of it is is from from runoff here. Is it is it from lawn care? Is it from lawn care? If it is from lawn care, that's fine. We'll take it, own it, eat it, and then we get to turn around and point at lawn care in Pennsylvania and say, see, we should have done something about this a lot fucking sooner because this is stupid. Mm hmm. Yeah, this is dumb. I, but I told then, you I was not coming into this optimistic today. Yeah, and then okay, so they squeeze <laughs> down on on turf grass. But then what happens when everything is still running nitrates and phosphates, right? And even with the lawn care squeezed down like this, then what do they do? Because if you, what you're telling me is correct about how they're just uh, flinging chicken manure and and manure like it's no style, like it's going out of style, Matt. That is where your actual pollution comes from: is the leaching and the runoff from 
those manure <laughs> applications because, hey, I mean, I know for myself, uh, the runoff from animal facilities is exactly why, Matt, we can't have nice eggs, oh. chicken. No, we can't have eggs, chicken, milk, or meat in Hawaii. We can't produce that here. We can't have it. Damn you know? travesty. Now, l listen, I, <laughs> I want to just interject something here real quick because, you know, I, I'm always leery of, of laws of, hey, how is this going to get enforced and all that kind of stuff. And I have serious, serious questions about how it's. But beyond that is, okay, it says that it has to be out of a, uh, a properly calibrated spreader. Now, let's pause mm -hmm. it here for a second and just think of all the fertilizer spreaders homeowners and professionals alike what percentage of those spreaders that go out and are used in a given year are actually calibrated just just give me a guess i'm curious of what you guys think <laughs> almost i'm gonna none. say less than 20 percent. yeah, yeah. Almost I'll none. Even, less than 20 percent. okay now here's the other thing too fellas is if we're going to calculate nitrogen rate well there's one factor that we know pretty much exclusively every single time that's how much fertilizer we use right we can say hey we used a half a bag you know three quarters of a bag whatever how many of the lawns or turf areas that are treated would you say are accurately measured so that we can then determine what the actual use rate of nitrogen actually is 20 percent. Oh, i'm gonna say less than 30 percent probably right less than 30 yeah less than 30 because uh okay so who the fuck? Get, <laughs> yeah, who the who the hell knows? Because it, this is just. Uh, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what's gonna probably have to happen. This is going to have to be almost like Germany or the EU, because do you know what happens in Germany or the EU regarding any kind of yeah. material application? Show me easy papers. Oh. <laughs> Jawohl, papieren bitte. <laughs> but going beyond that, what literally happens is a government agent certifies the grower's sprayer or spreader. Fuck. They do the calibration. Oh, man. Imagine, okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not, not to throw stones, not to throw stones, but could you imagine going down? Okay, let me let me pause it again here and just say this: <laughs> Could you imagine going down to your local turf supply house, right, Matt or mm -hmm. Ray, and talking to Jim Bob behind the counter and saying, "Hey, Jim Bob, I need you to come calibrate my spreader and make sure it's accurate and legal for the road." You know, you're going to have checks and uh, Ac I, I I can't actually it's actually uh, actually uh. Ryan, it's worse than that because you see the private sector is not allowed to perform the calibration. It's an actual bureaucrat. Even better. <laughs> you know, better. It's, it's so you sign me up. I can't wait for, for <laughs> Teddy, Teddy the turf agent to uh to come to come visit rural Alabama and be like, Hey, uh, I'm here to calibrate your space. To hell you are. You're gonna hey, get off my Matt, fucking lawn. Yeah. I know you've, I know you've done just about everything. You've done just about everything a person could do in a permagreen. But have you ever been in front of the man 
and had to squat and cough with it. Hot. No. <laughs> uh, no. Speaking of of squat and coughing, let's go ahead and jump into this next one here because uh, uh, <laughs> great segue. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this is this is the government caught. Oh no, those are my hemorrhoids and squat. Uh, uh, for those of you that remember the the uh, the Asian milf oil that we so colloquially uh, have fallen in love with, uh, what we I, well, let's just get into here. Growing number of Middlebury residents are voicing their concern about weed removal in Lake Quasipog. Uh There are invasive weeds, and the one that we have here is milf oil. Uh, they have been pro- uh, previously removed by a chemical free, but labor intensive process. We've hired a company as divers to go down and hand pull it. <laughs> uh, oh, they can't Christ stay sake. ahead of it. If we had all the money in the world, it still doesn't solve the, the problem. However, we recently voted to test out a chemical pesticide, Procella core. Uh, it's like the smart bomb of chemicals. It's applied under the surface of the water. It's not a surface application. Those with lakes associations say they're, only going to put the Procalicor in a shallow 10-acre area of the lake. They're also going to study the chemicals effects before laying down more. It's quicker, it's cheaper, and it definitely kills the weeds. Uh, they also worry about the long-term effects. Uh, but here we go, asked Eric. What's it going to do to our children, and what's it going to do to the lake, to the fish? Because we know what's, what's going to happen to the fish if we don't do this. The fish are going to die. Uh, Eric started a <laughs> petition that has over 500 signatures in hope to, st- uh, to stop the first test application. Uh, it's different from other pesticides where you dump in the water and it goes everywhere. Uh, uh, anyway, it's a synthetic hormone that kills weeds like milk oil quickly, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, and guess what, boys? When we get into today's burns, we're, we're, gonna, we're just going to go ahead and give you an update on that as well, too. Uh, oh, uh, biochar is being used to remove antibiotics from wastewater. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to feed the world's growing population, farmers need to grow a lot of crops. Uh, 70% of global freshwater use is, is being used to irrigate crops. Uh, however, we're running into, into water shortages. Treated municipal wastewater could be used to irrigate crops, but there are several challenges to overcome. For example, uh, the metric fuck ton of antibiotics that are in it. Hormones as well, too. Uh, Schmidt is the lead author of a new study that shows local plant material or food waste can be used to remove antibiotics from municipal wastewater. The researchers uh, used a, a biochar, a charcoal-like substrate, a substance that is created by heating organic materials at high temperatures in the absence of oxygen. Uh, biochar removed more than 97% of three antibiotics the researchers measured from municipal wastewater through adsorption. Um, uh, his work uh, was presented at, at an annual meeting uh, held in Baltimore, Maryland. We demonstrated that local agricultural byproducts could help remove antibiotics from treated wastewater streams. This represents a potentially cost-effective and environmentally friendly strategy, Time's strategy up, to it's remove over. a range of contaminants from wastewater. So here we go. We've got the next big phase of biochar. So as of right now, I'm going to loop everybody in for all the different uses I know. Uh, one is integrating it into con- uh, concrete. Uh, another one is integrating it into bulletproof vest. Another is integrating it into tires. Another is integrating it into uh, batteries. And, uh, and now we're going to use it to clean up hormones and antibiotics from, uh, from wastewater, which I, I hope to Christ it works exceptionally well. And, uh, and I mean that from the absolute bottom of my heart because I want to see something positive come from this. And the people that are making shit tons of money at the behest of, uh, of unburdening everyone else with tremendous amounts of debt uh, ends up just going by the wayside and disappearing off the face of the earth. So here we go. Okay. Again, I'm I'm the optimist today. Well, Matt, uh, and so here's something to think about: if biochar has 
the ability to remove pharmaceuticals from water. Tell me now, Matt, how does it make sense for you to apply biochar to a turf grass area that you then need to have pre-emergent herbicides, fungicides, and insecticides work? Because my impression of biochar has always been that that is another name for what I know of as activated carbon, right? Yeah. It's, it's like yeah. activated carbon because, because the last time I had dealings with activated carbon was when somebody fucked up with Celsius and killed, law, and killed the lawn with it. I mean, that's, uh, that's my last dealing with it. And by the way, you know that activated carbon? It was miraculous because literally two weeks or three weeks after I applied the activated carbon suspension, the turf grass started growing back because all of that herbicide residue got absorbed into the uh, activated carbon. And, I, and I'm pretty sure biochar does the same damn thing. Yeah, the the I'm only difference sure. is, is you're you're doing a little bit of manipulation with uh, the introduction of steam uh, in in that uh, in that process, and so yeah, effectively not not wildly different there, and uh, and, mm -hmm. and and again, you know, there's 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 enough research out there to show uh, what what mm -hmm. sort of manipulation needs to occur to biochar to uh, to keep things like that from becoming a, a fucking problem, and uh, but you know what, uh, what is what is what does modern wisdom tell us? It means uh, modern wisdom says to uh, spend as much money as you can humanly possibly afford <laughs> and just keep fucking putting it down until you have uh, exhausted your 401k. Uh, because no, that was, that was Ron Henry that said that. To, oh, that's right. Yeah. Another, yeah. another guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, 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 was, that was Ron Henry saying, uh, throw down as much biochar as you can afford. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, second, no, listen, triple uh, mortgage your house and uh, reverse mortgage your parents and, uh, <laughs> and buy, oh, buy more. Oh, buy more. That's dark, Matt. That's dark. Oh, Henry no. Winkler. Henry Winkler's calling. <laughs> Mine too. Uh, all right. With that, speaking of Ron Henry, uh, let's talk about our favorite YouTube uh, persona, uh, personality. And that is the sponsor of Joe Knows Turf. <laughs> Joe Knows Turf! Uh -huh. <laughs> Hi, I'm Joe. I'm gonna give you a bunch of accurate turf facts today. Because Joe Knows Turf. <laughs> yes, yes indeed, Joe Knows Turf. Who do we have today? Oh, well, boys, um, <laughs> we've got, we've got, I don't know if this guy's ever been on here and I do want to say, uh, real quick that, uh, we're fortunate to be sponsored here. Jay Pink, I'll, I'll send this to you. I'm sorry I didn't sooner, but sponsored here by Joe Knows Turf. Uh, and that's obviously Joe at Waterboy Productions. So, uh, again, want to thank him for being a sponsor uh, as always. And uh, our highest grossing sponsor at zero dollars uh, um, out of any of them. And don't forget, uh, before we get started here, guys, that if you hate us, if again, if you've made it this far in the program and you're still listening and still wanting to get pissed, I'm telling you, shut, shut it off. Just turn it off and go over <laughs> here and check out Joe and Travis every Tuesday night, nine o'clock, the show with no name. It's the alternative to us. If you hate us, these are the guys to watch. 
I implore you go over there and check it out if you hate your guts. And if you're not, stick around. All right, let's talk about this. And first, let's hear from Chuck uh, about his view on pre-emergence, guys. I don't. I don't hear. What I, I part do you use oh, for your pre-emergent? End of story. You can search and be on YouTube for oh, hours and hear about all sorts of products. F5 that. F5 that. F5 it. Just do it over again. Yeah, that's... I feel I need to make this abundantly clear. It does not matter what product you use for your pre-emergent. End of what? story. You can search and be on YouTube what? for hours and hear about all sorts of products that prevent weeds from popping wow. up in your lawn. But the key thing to notice in all those videos, the majority of those products work. I feel I need to make this abundantly Pause. clear. Okay. Okay. So that's the short that, that, that Chuck put out. Now, I'm going to let you mellow on that, and I'm going to allow you to watch this next video, also by Chuck, but on uh, his his employers, I think. I don't know. Watch this in real quick. Let's see. It's that time of the year where you're preparing to put out your pre-emergent to take care of that crabgrass before it even starts. But did you know there is a mixture of next products that you can put out at the exact same time? <laughs> my soil temperatures are hitting 55 degrees. Not only do I like to put out my pre-emergent of choice, I also like to put out <laughs> six ounces per thousand of RGS and six ounces per thousand of Humic 12. And here's why. Oh, Lord. As your grass starts to come out of dormancy, the RGS is going to assist with the root development. Now, while the grass may look brown and dead on top, underneath, your roots are still strong and sturdy if you've been taking care of them. And the RGS is going to help as they start to really push those nutrients and that energy up into the leaf tissue. Now, Humic 12 is going to come in, and it's going to not only help feed the soil around those roots, it's also going to help unlock trapped nutrients in the soil. So while you <laughs> did your winter fertilizer application or your winterizer and you do a spring fertilizer application anything else that's trapped in the soil that humic 12 is going to unlock and you're going to get a big time color bump because of that humic 12. now my preferred application method here in the front yard especially because it's only 2,000 square feet is i like to use the handheld quart size bottles those are perfect for this size lawn because all the fertilizer products we have is going to fit in a 2,000 square foot lawn and you can mix some of these products together in those quart size bottles so I've taken my six ounces of RGS for a total of 12 ounces I've taken my six ounces total of 12 ounces for 2,000 square feet of the humic 12 and I'm applying it with the hose and sprayer now the key thing with the hose and sprayer is this stuff sprays out, so you can't do really a leisurely pace, but a nice pause. All right. So there's a few things going on here. All right, uh, and and I wanna I wanna make sure that this is educational as much as it is, uh, uh, you know, do a little CSI and trying to unpack here. But uh, number one, uh, some of the things that were said in there were patently wrong uh and some of the things eh, a little questionable but you know could help out so um first let's talk about what chuck got right matt is there any validity to either one of those products helping out at the time of a pre-emergent application no yeah 
No. And um, and, and, and with <laughs> emphasis, uh, it starts as no. And then if you ask me a second time, it's no. And then if you ask me a third time, but phrase it differently, it's going to be no. And then if you ask me a fourth time and phrase it differently yet again, hoping to elicit some sort of variation in my response, the, uh, the, the, the resounding uh, answer will again be no! <laughs> I, I, I thought, Matt, uh, you'd, you'd say uh, after the third time, uh, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, now, that, now you're being vulgar, Ray. Now you're being vulgar. All right, now listen, here's my question is, I don't think, and I, I don't know if we skipped ahead or not here, if, if he does actually mix in the prodiamine or whatever he's using, right, uh, at any point of mixing that into his hose end or if there is some other point, you know, through the magic of television that this pre-emergent was applied. I think what's confusing, and uh, as we're recording this live, Aldo's pointing this out as well, is that um, I wonder how many people will watch this and just say, oh, well, hey, I'll just go ahead and dump that 65WDG right into my hose bend and uh, put those two products in there and off the race as we go. And now we're applying that through a hose end sprayer, which is not anywhere on the label, first of all. Second of all, not anywhere in best practice and certainly not good uh, for the person that's applying it or the person's lawn that uh, is having it applied on there. So uh, if you see this, don't do that uh, if there's any confusion there. And then finally, on, on the point about what's right and what's wrong, is <laughs> the majority of them work. I think, let's uh, unpack his first statement on the short. The majority of those pre-emergence work, okay? Well, what, what minority doesn't work and why? Probably because they don't work in the correct setting. So how would you respond to, go ahead and just play this one real quick. J-Pink, play it one more time. It does not matter what product you use for your pre-emergent. All right, End pause. End of story. Wow. Okay, wow. Ray, why would that be a problematic <laughs> statement? And again, this goes for professionals, this goes for homeowners. I don't care what label you want to put on yourself, that doesn't matter. What would you, how would you respond to that statement? Why would that be potentially harmful in certain cases? Or what would they, might those cases be? Okay. You, first of all, uh, you match your pre-emergent to the weeds you have. You match the rate you apply. You apply at the right time and you apply in an effective manner. I mean, uh, Ryan, I just had a light bulb go go off in my head full of holes right now in that the four R's also apply to herbicides. It's true. Seriously. Right, I mean, pot, I, right, right, I, I, right I, place, I, right time. I just, I just had a, you know, a, a light bulb. Uh, it's kind of like the, the Beavis and uh, Butthead light bulb where the light bulb lights and then it cracks, but then nonetheless it went off. <laughs> but then... Jeez. But then I'm just saying that also, when somebody tells me that a pre-emergent doesn't work, I then need to unpack it and ask, okay, did you apply the right pre-emergent for the weed you were targeting? Did you apply it at the right time? Did you apply it at the right rate? And lastly, did you apply that pre-emergent in a manner that ensured and optimized its efficacy or did you just stir it all together with some alkaline humic and shoot it out through a hose and gun inquiring minds want to know 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, blanket statements like that are just difficult because, uh, uh, Ryan, I want to apply a Soxman as my, uh, as my pre emergent. Uh, can I do that? No, I cannot. Uh, hey, I want to use Diron this year. Can I, can I use Diron? Uh, wow. Uh, uh, no, I, I, I cannot. So you have to be careful with those types of statements, right? You know, there's, there's, mm-hmm. there's, and, and, and especially in a residential lawn, lawn setting. You know, there are some some windows at which we must play uh, to use as, mm-hmm. as guidance. Right. And uh, and so, you know, make sure you're not doing dumb things like using Diron uh, or or even a Soxman because, uh, you know, it's it, you're, you're not supposed to do that. Another fun fact, and I, I would like to see research in this space. I'm not I'm not too familiar with it, especially in the. Um, uh ah, damn it what are the what are the uh, pro diamond what is what is that class of pre-emergent called um so um i know uh, the whole reason i said diaron is because when i was looking at this a long a long time ago um i know uh uh diaron is uh, degradation uh, begins it, it occurs in the presence of of humic substances right so i uh, oh. How many how many other herbicides does that does that uh, have have that same effect with? I don't know. I, I, I it's but it's something that's out there because no one is actively testing it right now. And you would think with the prevalence of it, someone would draw upon that. So I don't know. Maybe someone looking for a dissertation idea would uh, would like to jump on board with that and see if there's any sort of cat- degradation catalyzing effects of humic substances in uh, a variety of pesticides, especially you know popular pesticides. Well, let me just say this is that, Time's you know, up, again, though, you're right. It is over <laughs> because people are worried too much. I will say this unequivocally. <laughs> this is a blanket statement. People are worried too much about perfectly timing a pre-emergent application. Oh my! And God. I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to tell you what, <laughs> gentlemen, ladies, you're going to hear, we're going to pull back the curtain, the pro sequence, mm-hmm. the pro, you know, all that. There is no such thing as a perfectly timed pre-emergent application because you want to know why matt you cannot predict the future so for instance i'm just going to use this as an example you and i were just talking get about it the down weather here fucking before. early quit chasing the 55 <laughs> fucking degree thing do it when it's 43 do it when it's 41 quit chasing 55 you fucking lunatic <laughs> you got hate in your heart brother let yeah. it out um yeah, yeah. do you thank, see thank my you, rocking Matt. over here i'm not okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that, somebody's gonna comment and be like matt calm down no i'm not gonna calm down you know to me matt that was always the the craziest thing oh, is hey germination is in 55 why apply at 55 it doesn't you, you yeah. leave zero margin for fucking error there it doesn't make any sense yeah because Every, everyone I've who's asked me, I've always said, "Hey, if you think you need to apply it, and you're coming into spring, you're probably not wrong. And furthermore, uh, if you wait for exactly 55, what probably will happen is, at when you hit that 55 degree mark, you are literally too late." The weeds came up already. Too late. Sorry. <laughs> so I say 
Get it down early and every time I use another little versions, they don't work. I don't understand why I keep spending money on this. I apply at 55 like I'm supposed to, and I still get crabgrass every year, especially around the edges. You look around the edges of every damn property I have, it's chock full of crabgrass. Well, no fucking wonder. Because it was there no, 10, 10, 10 weeks before you made your application because the edges were 55 then. You dunce. Yeah, yeah. So and and, and here's another little fun fact about a lot of pre-emergence is that did you know that the clock that starts ticking as far as their degradation goes is literally slowed down or suspended if you happen to apply it like in the 40s, Matt. Did you know that? Oh, if you happen to Lord apply it in the 40s. Oh, mercy, Ray. Ah! 40s, now. 40s, I mean. If you if you if you put down your your prodiamine or your uh, dimension, and it's still in the forties, that means that your pre-emergent can literally hang around and be there when the lawn actually hits that fifty-five, and you didn't lose anything. Of course, I'm not saying for people to do something loony like throw it down the winter before, but I'm saying that <laughs> if you if you are, you know, thought out and it's spring, spring is coming and you think you need to put down your pre-emergent, you probably do because if you wait around till you're at 55, what's probably going to happen is you're going to get the weed breakthroughs next to the concrete, next to the sidewalks, next to the house and near places where you have shrub and plant overhang. Because those areas, you know what the shrubs and the plants do, Matt? They keep heat from rising, so those areas warm up. Ah! <laughs> well, and <laughs> man, I mean, there's so much to unpack with this topic. Other than, and 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 uh, Sandy Tepper's making a great point here about you know formulation matters, right? So spraying, mm -hmm. you know, a, mm -hmm. a, a pre-emergent when it's close to fifty or fifty-five degrees soil temperature. Is a much better bet than granular. I mean, there's there's so much to impact. The bottom line is this, right? Is monitor it, put it down early if you want, and especially if you're using prodiamine, especially if you're using prodiamine. If you're using dimension, it's a little bit more soluble of a molecule. It's you not going to last more quite as long. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you got a little bit more forgiveness going down early with prodiamine. So if you're going to go early, go prodiamine. If you're going to go late, spray your dimension because you get some early post. That's the name of the game. That's the best you can do. And then guess what? The thing that you should be learning how to do. And spending all this time worrying and fretting over is one learning where crabgrass germinates or goosegrass or whatever other annual grasses that you have. Learn when they germinate, right, based on soil temperatures, based on time of year, and then learn the trigger areas where you need to go and find out when they're germinating, so that you can then make post-emergent applications if you need to. That's what I'd be more worried about than trying to nail some mythical soil temperature thing. When here we are, <laughs> we've been up at fifty degrees here for two weeks or close to it. And now all of a sudden it's uh -oh. going to be 40 degrees for highs for the next three weeks. So, hey, if you got it out and you got prime and great, if you had to mention what, but guess what, gentlemen, the thing I learned today on Joe Knows Turf is that they all work. Everything works. It's fine, right? doesn't matter what you want to do. You want to use a condom? You want to use the pull-up method? They're fine. They both work equally well. Just do it, right? <laughs> all right. Now on the topic of birth control, let's go to the burns. Oh, 
I'll tell you one thing. Tell you one thing that I know in my heart of hearts, gentlemen, and that is at no point in Sheila's, I don't know, however many years she's been on this earth, she has never said the words, pull out, please. No. Nope. Uh, that's, uh-uh. that's the that's the heel hook into the kidneys, and uh, <laughs> you're, going, you're going nowhere. Speaking of heel hooking the kidneys, uh, we have uh, from the from the news wire here, uh, news provided by drumroll, please. Uh, Two four seven marketing LLC has uh, has has put out a that is oh, one hell of an author for this news wire. Let me let me let me say that right now. Um, choose a and boy, just the beacon, uh, just the absolute pinnacle, the apex of of what is what we know about about lawn care. Uh, they wrote an article that says, choose a healthier chemical-free lawn care service to protect your family. Uh, homeowners should not worry about pesticides, herbicides, insecticides, or fungicides impacting the health of children and pets who enjoy playing in the grass. Organic Dutchman LLC, a total eco-friendly lawn care provider, is here uh, in New Jersey and eastern Pennsylvania. The Weed Killing Specialist, one of the oldest in New Jersey, now offers two natural lawn maintenance programs, a basic and comprehensive, as well as a la carte options. The lawn Care Specialist uses total organic products for its lawn treatment, so customers do not need to worry about pesticides, herbicides, blah, 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 blah. Learn more here. Uh, they, are, they are, you know, toxic chemicals will kill you. We won't. Um, we use things that are organic and great, and they're biodegradable, and they break down over time. And they grow in into your into your grass, and they grow into your gardens, and then you'll eat them, and then you'll end up with copper poisoning. So I hop over to organicdutchman.com, who uh, is paying two four seven marketing to write this newswire for him, and has uh, paid two four seven to, to to write multiple ones for him, and uh, still managed to use uh, Microsoft's what you see is what you get, uh, uh, front page, Microsoft front page to build his website from 1994 here. Uh, it is not a secure, uh, uh, link either. So did not figure out how to make it HTTPS and they were featured on CNN and featured on 10, 10 wins, whatever the uh, all news all the time. There's no telling what this person paid for this, but it is absolutely just in fucking sane. That these people uh, are out here doing doing this, and uh, and and Jay Pink, I'm sorry. Can can we watch a little bit of his 30 second YouTube video here? Oh, there's a video. On the, on the this is an environmental update. Recent studies indicate oh, that the chemicals and pesticides widely used for lawn and garden care are extremely harmful to your family and the environment. Wait, pause. These hazardous chemicals spread through the air on household. Pause. Does that look like? It looks like uh, duck hunt. Except for instead of shooting with that, remember that gun, the orange gun that they had for duck hunt, Matt? Uh-huh. You're shooting yep. with a Lesko gun and killing kids with the pesticides you're spraying. You fucking yes. piece of shit. <laughs> Who? What graphic designer made how much money <laughs> to produce that piece of clip art there? That is, this is so bad. It's just fascinating that that these people are out here. How how old do you think the organic Dutchman is? He's I, I don't know. He, it, it said that he came here in 1987. Uh, I was reading a little bit of the bottom of the article. I'm sure he's a sweet guy. I really do. I'll, you know, I'll here's give you the a thing. Hint. And I he is 976 yeah. years old. The guy is <laughs> older than Moses. Uh, was around <laughs> these to are, watch the Red Sea part, and uh, and is and is still these are hieroglyphics. Is what you're saying. 
There is a picture of him. Uh, do you see the organic Dutchman uh, uh, icon there, J Pink? That is his, is his picture. And, uh, and oh dear, my, my lord have mercy. He's sitting in a recliner in this photo because he has reached the age where life no longer exists for him outside of the recliner. Right? That is that is Papa <laughs> that's glued to his recliner with his Paul Malls and is bitching about pesticides in the air and water uh, while he continues to suck down carton after carton of heaters. <laughs> got a hundred. It's got eleven hundred views in ten years. It's not gonna be a, good. too bad. Lord, good. Taryn, it, you know, uh, Stony Hill Farmer. Okay, so you know, bottom line is this: is uh, I'm sure that we have people that have an organic program. I, I just don't. I I I'm not a marketing guy, right? I don't like you know um, claimed benefits and all this stuff because it usually ends up really twisting and spinning the truth in a way that it's just not not true right so true. yeah <laughs> okay so uh, what would be any different gentlemen of if i were to go out with some type of organic fertilizer let's say and i have a pet and i'm worried right that said pet uh is going to step on fertilizer prills you know synthetic fertilizer prills and potentially get sick or whatever Mm-hmm. Why would I allow the pe- the pet to do that with organic fertilizer? What 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 would be different? Nothing. Nothing is <laughs> it's different. The, it's the seam. It's the seam, Ryan. But it's, it's synthetic uh, and it's not organic. What but what gives here, guys? Help me out. Pour it in understand. the fucking okay. drain. Just go get bags of it and dump it in the drain. Go mix it up in your bathtub and let it all flow out, out, out into to all your streams and waterways. You know, I'm going to go back to this article about the, 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 the new law in Pennsylvania. Okay, this is what's going to happen. I'm, I'm going to play uh, the prophet of, uh, uh, what's his name? No, Nostradamus. Uh, I'm going to be Nostra, Nostralamus <laughs> Lawn Care Matt here for a second. And say, <laughs> this is what's going to happen. They're going to see no improvement in, in uh, phosphorus and nitrogen runoff from this law. So then they're going to restrict it. I hope we should all petition it to be organic fertilizer only from that point forward, right? And then we watch what happens. And then we go completely organic uh, fertilizer only, and it still doesn't get any better. Or for Christ's sake, it gets even worse. Now, all of a sudden, runoff levels are at 20% of fertilizer applied is contributing to, to runoff. And then what? And then what? Then can we point and talk about the fucking asininity of the, of all of this? I made that yep. word up, but it sounded Asin, asininity. Now I was going to say it sounds it sounds like divinity, but with dumb stuff. No, uh, so here's the other thing. Opposite has, of has di- anybody opposite of divinity. Yeah. Has anybody ever applied a organic fertilizer? And I've seen this with poultry sources. I've seen this with uh, sewage sludge sources, biosolids, things like that. Has anybody ever had a dog around when you've done that? Dogs oh, love okay. to fucking lick, smell, they, they, sniff, roll around in. Love it. Dog, love the no, smell. Dogs. Okay. And the taste, Ryan, apparently. I've heard horrific mm-hmm. stories on the various forums of, for example, what happens when a doggy gets into a bag of biosolids? It's, na- it's gnarly, okay? That's horrible. And you, I mean, gross, totally gross. It, this is just clown world. And oh, by the way, 
do you know where my aversion to even using these things comes from? Do you know why I'm averse to using these these types of things? Please. Because after you spread one of these things, the, the client's yard then gets to smell like either a barnyard or a wastewater treatment plant. Not a good look for the business, you know? I mean, why do we want to make this person's yard smell like literal shit? Why do we want to do that? I mean, and I can just imagine. And I, well, I can imagine it happening in my state where do something like spread out a, a bag of biosolids at bag rate. Goodness me, the damn neighbors are going to be calling every single state agency, you know, complaining about, uh, my neighborhood smells like a, a sewage leak or a chemical spill. What happened? You know, I can just imagine. <laughs> And uh, I, so, I go ahead. I mean, this, this is terrible. And okay, I have another oh, you question. You want to talk for about this, chemical uh, spill? You want to talk about chemical uh, spill, right? Yeah. You 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 remember earlier we were talking about the the Asian milfoil becoming an issue? Yeah. Can we talk about an update on that real quick? Oh yeah, let's go. Yeah, go for they it. They <laughs> got five thousand signatures, and guess what? The judge ruled against herbicide use. They blocked it. Crap. And my favorite, Crap. J Pink, if you scroll up, you're going to see a picture. And and it, 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 can you can you right click that and open it in a, in a new tab? Oh, there, there you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, look at look at this. This is my this is my absolute favorite right here. Is Procellacore the new DDT? Oh, for Christ's sake. This for is Christ's where we sake. are right now. This is mm -hmm. where we are. How many, uh, I, and, I, and I can't recall their name at this point. My brain is way too entirely scattered. Uh, but if I recall correctly, uh, we had multiple environmental scientists uh, 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 step up to the plate here and talk about mode of actions, residuals, long-term implications, mm -hmm. long-term effects, downstream effects. Uh, take into account a significant number of, uh, 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 of considerations, variables. right? Yes, considerations yeah, and yeah. variables that could potentially happen with this. But they're still left with the question, is this the new DDT? What? I, and I, what? And, because, and okay. shout, out, shout out to the guy in the Green Bay uh, uh, beanie right here, because I, I don't know why, but to me, this, this looks like Joe in the next 30 years. Joe of Joe okay. Nostro. In my, okay. I, that, is, you know, that is going to be retiree Joe right there. I love you, Joe, but, but that is you. Hundred percent. Okay, I as an angry, bitter Green Bay fan. Okay, the whole premise of making or creating something like that Priscilla Core is to get away from the legacy aquatic herbicides, Matt. Because man, the legacy aquatic herbicides. I could see where I would have concerns because did you know that in the old days and it's still allowed now, but then of course that's kind of 
politically sensitive is, did you know that you could apply 2,4-D amine or 2,4-D acid to water? Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, okay, there's this other aquatic herbicide that it used to be registered as a crabgrass and poa annua herbicide, but it got yanked off the market for that use, and now it's a herbicide that's only for use in aquatic uh, situations under cer certain circumstances called endothol. And the deal with endothol is endothol is intensely toxic to people. There. And wow. then there's one more weird one that uh, I've heard of called acrolein. And what acrolein is, is acrolein is a relative of formaldehyde. And you can inject that into lakes or waterways to kill aquatic weeds. However, that's also shit that will kill you. So, I, 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 Matt, I, I don't understand when you show somebody an SDS that states that this product does not have any chronic toxicity and it has minimal to no acute toxicity, how do they then call that the next DDT? How does somebody do that, Matt? I, 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 willful, I'm trying to willful figure that out. Ignorance. They're they're literally trying to will it into existence because they want to feel important about something that there's no space to feel important about. And uh, and I, I I don't know. Is it something that comes uh, along with age, where you're 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 getting older and you feel like you haven't accomplished anything, and then therefore you're going to take a stance on something as ridiculous as it is. Uh, you've you've narrowed your your sights in on this one particular issue, and you're not going to hear anything else from it because you're convinced. You've convinced yourself in your in your old age that uh, what I believe is accurate, and and no no amount of anything outside of that will convince me otherwise. And uh, and you and you see it all over the place. And I think this is just another example of it. Uh, let's check out this week's returns. La 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 la. The NAAS survey shows fertilizer practices improving on Illinois acres. Illinois farmers are using best fertilizer management practices on more acres based on the results of a National Agricultural Statistics Service survey. Uh, we use the survey to figure out how much awareness is going on out there. Uh, those surveyed uh, farm between 105,000 crop acres, excluding fruit and vegetable crops. Uh, they were asked about determining nitrogen rates based on the Illinois nitrogen rate calculator, also known as the maximum return to nitrogen calculator. Using data from ongoing research trials, the calculator is an online tool that estimates the most profitable nitrogen rates given nitrogen prices, corn prices, and a field's crop rotation. According to the recent survey, the nitrogen rate calculator was used on nearly double the number of corn acres in 2021 compared to 2019 and even greater than 2017. Of 11 million Illinois corn acres, uh, corn acres, 8.36 million acres were fertilized with nitrogen calculator rates in 2021. That acreage compares with 4.2 million in 2019, 3.7 in 2017. Uh, previous surveys asked farmers about corn acres fertilized in the fall. 
The most recent survey drilled down to ask about fall fertilizer applications with a nitrogen inhibitor, according to Hewitt. A 4.02 million corn acres fertilized in the fall with anhydrous ammonia. Farmers used an anhydrous inhibitor on 3.4 million acres. That's actually pretty impressive. The survey also asked about corn acres that were fertilized in the spring. Of 11 million uh, corn acres, 8.25 million acres were fertilized with a spring-only or split applications. A total of 4.44 million acres had spring-only fertilizer applications. Out of those spring-only fertilized acres, an inhibitor was used on 3.69 million uh, in 2021, up from 2.79 in 2019. Uh, Phosphorus, uh, uh, reduced phosphorus rates were applied on 6.21 million acres in 2021. Uh, That's almost double compared to what we were in 3X in 2017. Uh, phosphorus applications were also changing on more non-tilled acres. Farmers were surveyed about changing phosphorus applications for broadcast to subsurface placement or band applications. Uh, farmers switched to subsurface or band phosphorus applications on 1 million acres. That compares to 870 and 280,000 uh, in 2017. Uh, uh, Illinois faces 2025 nutrient targets of a, 20, of a 15% reduction in nitrogen, nitrate nitrogen losses and 25% reduction in total phosphorus losses. Uh, anyway, uh, it's actually pretty impressive that much of widespread adaptability, and I, and I commend them for this type of tool, a calculator tool uh, that provides a, a data set that is actionable. And that, in my opinion, that is one of the greatest uh, obstacles in, in making real change is presenting data in such a way that it becomes actionable and, uh, and that they have cracked the code on this here is a net positive, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, what what I'm seeing out of this is more precision use of your nutrients, right? Because in a field crop, do you know what I like to see? I like to see a lot of these precision placement type applications versus, hey, let's go chuck out the... truckloads of chicken manure over the field and call it good you know i i rather see these precision placement type options instead and you know with these precision placement type options what my old textbooks from the 1990s tell me is that right there matt produces tangible and demonstrable increases in yield versus amount of material actually applied per acre yeah and that's a that's a good thing <laughs> um it, un, unfortunately this is this is uh this is only one return right here uh demay has had to step away i've i've got something going on next door uh, ray i'm going to turn this over to you you do this w- what you will i apologize but i'm i have to step away for this we can we can hit pause uh, okay, for no, a few minutes we're gonna pause okay, for yeah. a few minutes. Nope. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and yeah. I like I, said, I have I have. Go no do what you need to do, Matt. Take place. Okay. Yeah. Do what you got to do. Take care of what you got to take care of. I got it. <laughs> we'll just yeah. hit pause here for a quick second. I think Demay might be yeah close to getting back on his. W- I also yeah, didn't have a camera back. angle handy to go straight into Ray with a capture, <laughs> so <laughs> Jay Pink was not prepared for that one. Oh yeah, well it's uh, yeah things are things are kind of heating up. I mean, oh, gosh, <laughs> and yeah, I I had some uh, good uh, 
I had kind of a good call that I had to step away to take. Uh, apparently, I got a call from somebody that I never expected to hear from. What was that? Okay. Back in 2008, I remember working with a grower on his weed control issue. And the call that I got before the show started was from his son who inherited his farm. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Is he, yeah. And it's he like, he's got a project for you? He's, apparently he's got a job for me. <laughs> apparently he's got a job for me because uh, it's interesting how even though I deal with a lot of, you know, turf and ornamentals, uh, these uh, small growers also know what I do. And they kind of have me on speed well. dial as well. Yeah, and, yeah, and, that, and they have me on speed dial. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just... Uh, there we go. Yeah, that, now that was, I've got a camera just, angle set up for next time we got to throw it away for a headline. Mm-hmm. Did not all rebuild right. that after the last time I lost all the settings. Uh, oh, oh, when you uh, my fault. changed hard yeah. drives. Oh, oops. Yeah. Oops. Oops. Well, said shit happens. Yeah, and accidentally oversaved all my changes and found out the hard way that the backup I thought was taking place didn't. Mm -hmm. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, as I said, it's uh It looks like Matt won't uh join us for the last little bit of this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh we were warned. I mean, I I'm rather amazed given the circumstance that uh Matt even was able to uh come on because uh you know it, it's uh quite a quite a thing where he has to kind of somehow uh help his uh beloved father-in-law you know keep his sanity what Demay has for an ETA. Otherwise, we'll just have uh, Ray take us I'll, out. I'll we just, only I'll, had another burn or two. Or not burn. Another uh, return or two. Another return or two? Okay, awesome. Let, let me go check and see what uh, what we got. Okay. It's the TPC one in the kids. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what uh, 
Ryan has going on. I think his kid woke up. <laughs> Although you... <laughs> Oh, whoops, I forgot to stop the timer. Mm -hmm. Time's up. It's over. <laughs> we'll give to me a few more minutes. Yeah. That'll give me a chance to also find out where that timer needs to be reset. Oh. <laughs> welcome, to, welcome back to me. <laughs> I'm back. Okay. <laughs> Matt's got to bail for the the last of this. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So we got to anchor. Yeah, we we hit pause. Uh, I didn't have a angle hand handy for a uh, ray plus capture. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, go. what do we got to do last? We're on returns? the last two returns, TPC okay. and kids. He just read the, the NAS survey and then had to bail. I was trying to mm -hmm. find... Uh, trying to find where the... I forgot to pause the clock on the timer. Before Matt dipped away. We basically had, I think it was like right about... Eight minutes left. Oh, nope, I'm lying. It's maybe six. Yeah. So I'm going to just put it at six minutes. That'll be close enough. Here we go. And then uh, if you are ready, yeah. once I set this timer to the right time, we will just pick up on the TPC. All right. Let me know when. Go camera angle on. Hold on to me. Did you see the uh, Photoshop <laughs> I sent you? Um, uh, Matt said that in, <laughs> in that picture of the protesters... <laughs> The the, uh -huh. the defeated Green Bay Packer uh, hat guy was basically Joe in the future, and Joe thirty years from now, Waterboy Aldo, Joe thirty years from now. <laughs> Aldo put this together. <laughs> uh, I am ready when you are. All right, hang on. 
All right. Jumping over here to Jacksonville, Players' Championship, TPC Sawgrass Stadium course survived a cold winter is in top shape for the pros. TPC Sawgrass Director of Golf Course Operations, Jeff Plotz, has a variety of resources available to help him get the Players' Stadium course ready for its annual test of the best professional golfers in the world, especially when it's been a hard winter by North Florida standards. For example, he has covers that fit every single putting surface. He can also direct the staff to spread black sand on the greens to absorb and hold heat. Plotz also has the property's precision air system installed in 2012. It can drain moisture from the greens or bombard them with warm air as weather conditions warrant. So it kind of talks here a little bit about some of the challenges they've had with weather uh, this past year. Uh, they've had some warm temperatures here in the month of March, or excuse me, February, leading into March. And it talks a little bit about, you know, as nice as this place is, uh, Plotz uses his favorite word, sustainability, which means doing more with less, less water, less pesticides, and more use of native grasses. Plotz was among the winners of the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America's Environmental Leaders in Golf Awards, which honors the best management practices. All right, so skip down here uh, for the tournament. Uh, Jeff will have about 200 workers on staff. The property looks incredible, said Players Executive Director Jared Rice. It's further evidence of how the original design intent by Pete Dye was for the players to be in March in an overseeded environment. Jeff is a master of his class. So, again, they've got folks coming in, uh, volunteers from all over the world uh, to help their staff get the golf course ready. Should be pretty interesting to watch. And, Ray, I'll tell you one thing that you would love to have is that precision air system because not only can you blow air in the system, right, and push oxygen up in the root zone, you can suck air and dry it out, but you can also heat yeah. and cool the air that's going in there. How about that? Would you you got to love that. That would, that would that would be sexy, Ryan, because uh, I'm already thinking, you know, that would be almost like something where I would say, tell somebody, okay, if you want to have a Zoisha yard, you got to have this precision air system. That's it. I mean, no <laughs> ifs or buts. You just, this is how you do, this is how it has to be done because be it, oh, uh, temperatures drip, dip down into the, 50s okay warm that warm that grass up oh it's been raining for the past two goddamn weeks get that uh vacuum and suck out all the excess water so that i don't get piscium or large patch i mean man <laughs> see i'm telling Exciting. you that's that's the thing we we need to work <laughs> on that so when you're ready for me uh when you get that ultra rich client that has like an extra, mm -hmm. I don't know, hundred-ish thousand dollars to spend. You know, we'll get the power, mm -hmm. we'll get the vault underground and everything like that, and you can sit there and control it remotely from your phone. It will be a beautiful thing. Now for our last return, uh, jumping over here to uh, kids. Brutally honest lawn mowing business sign shows the true art of setting boundaries. All right. <laughs> Two middle schoolers in Northern Virginia are proof that setting specific boundaries is a savvy business move. Laminated signs posted throughout Arlington, Virginia by Marin, 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 uh, Kickbush 12 and his friend Appian Kitchen are getting a head start on the boys advertising the warmer weather enterprise, which is yard work. Moig, M-O-W-I-G, mm -hmm. the sign reads in bright pink letters, blah, 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 blah. 
And smaller point, the sign details the boys are also available for other outdoor chores like weeding, sweeping, raking, everything. But the young entrepreneurs recognized to attract their ideal client, they needed to be upfront about their expectations. Quote, unquote, only available on weekends, the sign reads, with timetables. Sometimes we will not be able to mow. For customers interested in planting, the seeds need to be purchased by the client ahead of time. Have the seeds ready for us, the sixth graders wrote, alongside the pricing for seed planting. Location is also a factor. We live near Yorktown High School. Please keep this in mind when hiring because you might live too far away. So uh, let's see here. When you text, uh, it says notice. When you text us, please list the jobs that you want done. Have money ready and in cash. Also send your address. Ooh. All right. So listen. Uh, bottom line is this. is uh, Give these kids an A for effort. Uh, you got to love the hustle at that age. Most especially, but mm -hmm. also the fact that, yeah, the boundary setting, which uh, uh, by grown adults that are 30 plus years, their senior uh, can't seem to do on this program. Mm -hmm. uh, we are all uh, very poor. Ray is probably better than most, but Ray's also the old sage here. So he's got a little bit more experience in life, but Matt and I are particularly piss poor about setting boundaries. So kudos to these kids for doing it up front. And that's right. Have my MF and money, Ray in cash and be ready when i arrive yep i mean that is uh the, the way to do it and man please don't tell me that these young men have been watching our shows i hope they haven't been because uh <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be 17 you know, dude, to watch our shows according to the motion picture <laughs> association of america <laughs> No, I, I'm I'm just wondering because Good little fuckers. Uh, <laughs> I'm just wondering because you know this this type of you know setting expectations and and boundaries and whatever. Man, that's the kind of thing that times up. It's we kind of we kind of hammer on on you know our shows. You know we we hammer on that stuff all the time. I mean, it's not uh, it's not about us saying, oh, come come and our shit you know we don't we don't we don't operate that kind of business it's all about setting expectations and and boundaries and saying yeah this can be done or no you're crazy <laughs> uh listen and that's that's the bottom line i think we all I think the message there for our listeners is this is that uh you know it it, it seems like it gets more difficult uh, to balance and juggle and everything each year. And uh, maybe we could take the advice of a sixth grader and uh, do a little bit better this year. Just set one boundary and see if you can stick to it. No answering phones on Sundays or, you know, no calls past 5 p.m. I don't know. I don't care what it is, but I will challenge you uh, to do one thing, to set a boundary and see if you can stick with it this year. And uh, I'll do the same. I'll think about that this week and we'll come back and talk about it next week. Now, since we've done the mailbag already, no need to do that. Uh, Randy is in good hands, and since I've added his name, he has now uh, actually changed his name per the FBI Witness Wheel Location Program, unfortunately, uh, because I outed him. So my fault. My apologies, Randy. <laughs> now, Bob. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. That's, that's not true. <laughs> All right. With that, Ray, great show. Good to talk to you. Let's do it again next week. And for those of you uh, that want a little bit of this extra content, Get this a few days earlier. You can always check us out, www.patreon.com forward slash burn return for the low, low price of 
4 to $20, you can experience a lot of other cool stuff like the Power Hour that we did just a few days ago and have another one coming up this week where we share all sorts of stories, good, bad, and ugly about grass and many other things, along with access to our private Discord and a whole host of other things. And, Ray, it's almost time. Our, uh, our Louisville event, there'll be some information going out to our patrons about Ooh. that coming up just a few short, oh, seven-ish months away here in mid-October. So hey. we can't wait for that, and we can't wait to have you out on our Patreon because, again, we're just a fledgling show. We've got nothing to nothing to sink our teeth into other than uh, our measly view count, and that's it. So we love you. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye.